Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi everybody. Hello. This is the Zompocalypse Now. This is. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Tim. And this is Maisie. You can't see Maisie. And you probably won't hear a lot from her because she doesn't talk. She is a dog. Well, she's now a thing apparently. And she's very cute. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting here in between us on the Zompocalypse Now recording couch. <sighs> where so all the magic happens. Yeah, well... Or something. <laughs> something like that. We're so weird. Yeah, well, they, they know that. They've been listening to this podcast today. So. I, uh, uh, my friend Angela uh, commented to me today about our um, Disney Zombies oh. uh, podcast. And she said that she was a little disappointed that we didn't find it to be so bad it's good, mm. as opposed to just bad. I was really, really hoping that it would be so bad it's good. I actually did. I really did have to go back and listen to our podcast. Yeah. Because I could not, for the life of me, figure out, remember what we had And you, you realized that said. we uh, we did not find it to be so bad it's good. It no. was just... <sighs> yeah. Just bad. It was just, just bad. bad. Disappointing. And disappointing, especially considering... Where it came from, which was the people that that did uh, Descendants and Descendants Two, which are actually good movies that I enjoy, or at least a lot. entertaining, and at least entertaining enough. I don't think I don't think we could have hoped for Disney Zombies to actually be a good no. movie. But there could have there were things that they could have done. We saw the preview. We knew that it was not going to True. be a good. But there movie. were things that they could have done. To like, like we said, like the white hair could have led somewhere. There could have been a whole reveal of not everyone in this perfect little town is perfect. Right. Uh, we could have had, you know, something. Something mm-hmm. could have happened instead of the little a a to b story that they had. Right. Yeah. Um, what they did not do, which I am actually pretty happy they did not do. Mm-hmm. Is little anthology vignettes, kind of explaining two seconds in the life of a character, as opposed to say tonight on The Walking Dead. As opposed to say tonight on The Walking Dead. How great a segue, isn't that? that? Um, yeah. So the tonight's episode, which uh, the title of which is "The Lost and the Plunderers," Ugh. and it is, I don't know. To me, it's a real mixed bag tonight. Yeah, I think there's some good stuff. Tonight, mm-hmm. and I think, in fact, there are some things here. I thought Negan stuff tonight was some of the finest Negan minutes we've had, right, in a long time. Um, and and there were some really bizarre choices that mm-hmm. built on earlier bizarre choices. So yes. everything with Jadis, everything with Rick. Uh, yeah, I'm. So, okay, so the episodes were, the, tonight's episode was broken up into pieces. So we had um, Aaron and Enid. Yeah. And, oh, so each segment was, was titled one of the characters. Right. So Enid had a segment. Michonne had a segment. Um, Rick. 
Negan, Simon. Well, Simon technically had a segment. Negan didn't have a segment. Did Negan have a segment? Negan had his, his own, own segment. segment. Okay, yeah. Um, so you kind of bounced around with the various characters. Now, of course, Michonne and Rick's segments overlap because they're and, together. Well, yeah, Michonne, Rick, they all overlapped. They yeah. all overlapped. But they each have kind of a focus mm-hmm. where you're with that character for a minute. Right. So, I guess we just go vignette by vignette, huh? Um, yeah, and I think that, let's see, the first one was, of course, Michelle. Michelle. And it picks up after they buried Carl. Right. And there's a couple of neat visual tricks, they, or not tricks, but a couple of neat visual moments they have here. One is, Rick takes Carl's gun and he hangs it on the wooden cross they've, they've put yeah. over Carl's grave. And... Michonne is kind of walked off by herself. There's a there's zombies coming in. Yeah. And so Rick has hung the gun there and he leaves it there for a second. And you got the whole symbolism of leaving the weapon behind yeah. and and then he takes the gun off and right. tucks it into his belt. Right. And Michonne is off fighting zombies and trying to uh, to close the gates. She try, yeah, she tries to close the gates to Alexandria. She's looking around. She looks yeah. around and Tim and I both uh, kind of nearly at the same time. It's like, there's a lot to be salvaged yeah. at Alexandria. Yeah, there's some things that were burned, but, like, there's a whole block of townhouses. Mm-hmm. Rick's house, Rick and Michonne's house, looks like it wasn't touched at all. Yeah, I mean, you almost can see, like, there's one side of the street is untouched. Yeah. And the other side is, is burnt. And... As much as this group of people has been like, well, now we have to leave the place, which basically is still completely fortified, and yeah. yet we must move on. Um, we kind of, you know, you, we don't want to see that here. This yeah, is, that's, that's a really bad idea. And considering that a lot of the people who they rescued from Alexandria, this is their home, mm-hmm. and so hopefully we won't get that whole, you know. Well, now we're gone from Alexandria forever. Yeah, I hope it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just a bad thing to do. Uh, which they've done way too many times already. Yes. So they're... And considering that Al- the Alexandria set piece has been like a big thing for like two and a half years. Oh, yeah. I don't think that I don't think that's going to happen. I think that we'll be back. Well, I would hope so. And, and when you consider the, the logic of where they are and where they're going with, with the world they need to build, the world that Carl wanted Rick to build, leaving Alexandria behind would be really, really dumb for that. Yeah. So... Michonne finds like the little the little place where where Carl did a handprint thing with Judith. Uh-huh. Put the hands side by side. And yeah, and she tries to go and close the gate, but there's too many zombies in it, so she just kinda of, like like cordwoods them a little bit. Yeah. And then, you know, moves on. And then they're like getting some supplies together, putting them in a van, and she notices that the gazebo is on fire. And she says and she says to Rick that Carl used to sit on the roof of the gazebo. Mm-hmm. And so then she grabs a fire extinguisher, runs over there, and tries to put it out. And I looked at this scene, and, and I said, I really like this moment. And you looked over at me and went, why? Mm-hmm. And it really occurred to me there that, that for in the emotional place that she's in right now, it's one piece of Carl that she can save. Right. One piece. Or attempt to save. Right, because it doesn't work. Right. There's too many zombies, the, you know, the, it's on fire, they have two handheld fire extinguishers, and ultimately it doesn't work. They have to leave. 
and it I, I thought it was a nice emotional touch mm-hmm. I think it worked and as they're driving out of town um, they drive away Michonne is going through the letters that Carl wrote and she found one written to Negan well Rick is asking he's like mm-hmm. what did what did Carl mean like does that is does Carl mean we need to give up and and submit? Does Carl mean we need to find a way to make peace after the war is over? Like, what did Carl mean? And that's when Michonne says there was a there's a he wrote something to Negan. And and Rick's like, I don't know how to deal with that. She goes, yeah. We can pull over, and he goes, No, I I, I can't yeah, deal with that to, right we now. We need to go to the scavengers' graveyard or the graveyard. Uh, uh, Foreshadowing much? Yeah, <laughs> we need to go. We need to go to the to the dump first. And you and I looked at each other and went, "Why?" And Michonne looks at Rick and goes, "Why?" Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, "Ah!" And he goes, "Well, they're targets now. Mm-hmm. You know, they saw them, and I have to warn them, and we need their help." Right. And. The answer, the, the, the correct response to what Rick says is, yes, but. Uh-huh. And, but they decide they're going to go. And they get there, and they throw open the gates, and they run inside, and they get, and tons of trash block them in. Right. And they find that. Which, it, you, I don't, did you notice that it was a tripwire? Yeah. That they had, because they opened the gate wrong, mm-hmm. that's why it happened. And they get in there and they find that the junk people are all dead yes. and are walking around now. Right. Uh, and they are, you know, hi, Rick, welcome back. Let us eat you. Yes. And that's kind of the end of Michonne's thing. That's where Michonne's right. Enid and, and uh, Aaron. Aaron are being held captive by the women up at Bayside. Oceanside. Oceanside. Um, because... Last season, when they went to go and try and ask the Oceanside women for help, Granny found them, and they have a kill-on-sight policy, and Granny... Also because they went and they took away all their guns. Right. Well, I don't think Granny... Because they had a kill-on-sight policy before they took all their guns. Right, that's true. They would have... That was their point. Well, that was good, what they were going to do anyway. And so Enid, in self-defense, had to kill her. And then, of course, all the other Oceanside women showed up. And they took Aaron and Enid to, like, their thing? I don't know. The office? Yeah. <laughs> the office Tara spent some time in. Yeah. And the question is, are you know, are we going to kill these people? Mm-hmm. And the, whatever the girl's name is. The, Cindy. The, the granddaughter. Cindy. Yeah, thank you. Um, she, she apparently is basically being treated as the leader now, even though she's a teenage girl. Yes. Uh, I don't know this is the best of all possible plans, but in the case of Aaron and Edith, it turns out to be the best of all possible plans because she agrees they don't need to die. Right. And decides to send them away, tells them. And Aaron's like, well, do you want to know if we win? And she's like, yeah, we want to know if you win, but we don't, you know, don't come back. Right. Um, And he's like, Okay, you, we could use your help, mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, we helped you enough with yeah. our guns that you came." To yeah, we've we've donated enough. She essentially she says we've donated enough to the cause. Yeah, and so uh, they're kicked out, and Aaron asks Ina, "Do you know where the car is?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, I know where the car is." And he's like, "Well, you need to go back and tell Maggie." That I am not coming back. I'm going to stay here because I think I can convince them. 
Right. And she's like, but if you go back, you're, they'll kill you. And she says, well, ha-ha, I'm not going back. And, and I'm not sure how you exactly square these two. I'm not going to go back, but I'm going to convince them to help me. These well, seem like mutually exclusive things. It's And so so Enid basically makes him promise that they'll see each other again. And he says yes. And then he crouches down by the tree that they left him at. Right. So my feeling is that he is just going to kind of hang out there. Right, and, and they're going to come out and find him. Yeah, and the next patrol's going to come by, and they're going to be like, what are you doing? We just told you to leave. And he's going to do that really charming Aaron thing that he does, <laughs> and be like, yes, you did, but... And I I think he's going to wear them down. I think that they're well, just... he's a charming fellow. Yeah, and they're going to... It'll, it'll work, because that's kind of his his thing. And I, I think that's what he needs, because with Eric dead... Uh, he doesn't have any real reason to ever go back. Yeah. He's got to. He's got to make himself feel useful in some way. And I think that this is. I think this is going to work. I think we're going to end up with Oceanside being that Calvary thing that we've been saying they're going to be. Well, I hope so because there's some interesting characters at Oceanside that need to be more in the show. They were interesting, more interesting than some mm-hmm. of the characters we already have. Um, but Kara's going to need a new girlfriend. Exactly. So then we switch over to Negan, and Negan's getting reports back from Simon mm-hmm. saying that he's figured out, he fixed everything over at Hilltop. Hilltop's going to be fine. He scared them. He scared Maggie real good, and so she's not going to be any trouble. <laughs> well, and then he, we, we get the sense here that, that Simon, Simon is, in the larger picture, however, however much Negan believes, that he is really saving people. Mm-hmm. And there's this, you know, we, we've had enough evidence that he actually believes that's what he's doing. Right. This is actually what he thinks that his way will save lives. Right. And. Well, ultimately, I, I'm sure that when it started out, he, it was, you know, let's get things organized and let's, you know, I'm sure that he didn't start off like showing up in places and like shooting one person in the head saying you work for me now. Yeah. But I, I'm sure that, that that evolved over time. But what we end up with is that the people who are best at being the enforcers, his lieutenants, the ones who go out and, and deal with these other settlements, uh-huh. turn out to be the kind of the wrong people to, to have the vision of we're helping. Yeah. Um, because Simon, this entire episode is, a, and we've had evidence of this before, but this, this entire episode is basically why Simon is a sociopath, mm-hmm. why Simon is a monster, why right. Simon is a liar and a murderer and someone who doesn't understand, you know, he's not here to build right. a better world. Right. He's here to get his. Yeah. And he started off saying, like, he, the first thing he says to Negan is, Let's. I want to go to the scavengers' gar- garbage dump and kill them all. Yeah. He says that to Negan. And Negan says, no, we're doing our standard thing. You're going to show up. You're going to be intimidating. You're going to take all their weapons again, and you're going to kill one of them. Mm-hmm. Because that's how this works. Mm-hmm. And Simon's like, okay, fine. And then... Some lackeys bring in the coffin that Simon gave to Maggie to yep. bury that guy, and 
and it's got that walker in it with the message that says we have 38 more stand down and and Simon's like those were my guys up at the they've got my guys from the from the satellite thing that keeps getting abandoned yeah (laughs) nobody seems to be able to keep this thing and it's so stupid but that's my guys I'm, I'm gonna go kill up all those farmers up at the hillside and Negan's like no you're not like you're not listening to what I'm saying this is how it's done this is what we do we save people yes and it's for all for all of there have been times when when the, the directors and writers have given Jeffrey Dean Morgan the Negan swagger speeches which are mm-hmm. both on one level, a lot of people find him very entertaining. I know that you don't. I do not. This, I think, was some of the finest stuff they've given him to work with in yeah. a while because he's he's not swaggering. He's he's talking. He's trying to lay out the world, and he's trying to rein in one of his people who wants to be a murderer or just go mm. out and kill people. And Negan's like, that's not how we do this. There's a plan. There's a structure. We save people. He kept reinforcing that. Yeah. And you get that sense that, that whatever it was, that w- whether it's whether we can see it all the time or not, mm-hmm. there was a thing that Carl saw. Right. Um, the you know, however we've ended up, that Negan Negan is legitimately in his own mind, mm-hmm. not the villain of the piece. Right. And you can. And that's the only thing that looks. I, I mean, this is so going to sound a little stupid, but I kind of trust Jeffrey D. Morgan. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things he's always said. He's like, I'm, you know, Negan is, in his in his version of this, he's the hero. Yeah. If we have been watching The Walking Dead from Negan's point of view for all this time that we've been watching it from Rick's point of view, we would have had the, that moment of, oh, somebody went in and killed a bunch of our guys. We have to find them and wipe out this threat. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be, we would totally, you know... Maybe not totally be on Negan's side. We would see him more as an anti-hero. Negan would be our Madison. Yeah. Because Madison, if you look at the way Fear the Walking Dead has been running, Madison is not a good person. No. Madison is horrible. Madison is a monster. But I love her. And I have been, (laughs) like, on board with Madison since she bashed that principal's head in <laughs> with the fire extinguisher in episode three of that show. See, and I have had I've had mixed feelings about Madison uh, throughout the run of the show. And a large part is a large part of the problem overall with that mm-hmm. show. But she is she is kind of a monster. But yeah, you're right. You know, if we saw Negan if this was told from Negan's point of view, he would be a character who would essentially be in that we were following the anti hero. Right. And and I'm going to agree with you to a point, because, but when we come back to Rick's, well, Rick and Negan, Rick and Negan, there's some real, there's there's some real problems with some of the things he says at right. the end. Um, and, yeah, and I agree with you. And uh, so anyway, um, so the end of Negan's thing is him sending Simon to the garbage dump. Right, and with with clear instructions, yes, it, you know, take their guns, reassert the status quo, uh, and kill, kill one, one of them as a message. Kill one as a message. Uh, so in Simon's story, yes, he shows up the garbage dump, 
And he takes all their guns. He does the whole posturing thing. Yes. And he's, you know, this is, you know, I thought we had a deal and I'm going to need an apology from you and I'm going to need to believe it. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't Jadis go well. Jadis is too weird. Jadis is just too weird. Um, because she, her thing is, she she says, we saw you with Rick. We know you have a side deal with him. And she's like, who says we have a side deal? We were bringing Rick to you, and you guys started shooting at us. Of course, she says it in her weird Jadis way. Which nobody believes. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so... Shock, shock and spoiler. Right. Uh, uh, he doesn't believe And it. so he asks if there's remorse, on if she is sorry, and she says there is remorse, and he's like, I don't believe you. And so he shoots her, like, like royal vizier. So there's been, there's a, an older male character and a, and a younger, younger, mid-30s, 40s yeah. uh, female character whose names, I'm, we, I don't know if we've ever heard, but they have been sort of her right and left hand yes. um, men. And... The old man, he kills right away. Right. And she strikes him. Yeah. She goes, there is remorse. And she's knocked him down. And then he goes, <laughs> Well, no, first, no, first he, then he kills the lady. Right. And right. that's when, when Jadis punches him. Yeah. And then he tells his men to light him up and kills everyone else. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about the scavengers. If they didn't have this need... For them all to go and stand in a circle around everyone who shows up like they're some sort of performance art installation, this would not have been... Okay, so basically the rest of the episode flows into Jadis and Rick. Yeah. And it just... We've had problems with with the junkyard people forever. Since they showed up. The Scavengers is their official name, but whatever you want yeah. to call them. They have not made any sense at all. No. They are complete. They are, they are as, as characters, they don't make any sense. As a society... And Simon even says, like, why are you at the dump? It's like, there's a helipad out back and solar panels. What was this place? A question, by the way, we don't get an answer to. We've, and we've asked before, and we've seen helicopters and other flying things flying through the sky. Mm-hmm. and To the point where we know it is not a, like, like they just happened to be filming and a plane was flying by. Right, which could be digitally taken out, by the way. But if you if you look at this this junkyard, there are these massive doors. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many things weird about this junkyard. One of which we will come to because when Rick and Michonne get there and they find mm-hmm. all these dead people, and they scramble up the side. Uh, this up is the, so that's how Simon's story ends. He's, he goes back to Negan and says everything worked out just great. Of course, he doesn't mention that he murdered everyone at the junkyard. This will come uh, back to haunt him. I'm sure it will, uh, because I, and and so and they're like, okay, awesome, thank you. And like Negan goes off on his merry way. He's too worried about Gareth or not Gareth, uh, Gavin. Right. N- Negan is worried about Gavin this whole episode, right. and he's like. When he gets back, Simon's like, did Gavin ever check in? And he's like, no, but I sent I sent a crew out. And he goes, well, if they don't call back, we can just send another one. Simon is losing it. Simon yeah. is in the middle of losing it. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he, well, he's screwed. Yeah. He's screwed no matter what he does. Uh, he's defied Negan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's put himself in, in direct opposition to Negan's worldview at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, Maggie is going to 
cut tape into little tiny pieces <laughs> yes. and mail them back to Negan. Right. And one, you know, one of them's killing Simon. Uh, Gavin, of course, we saw not making it out of the kingdom situation last week. Uh, but uh, at the, the end of Simon's sequence ends with them getting a call from Rick. Right. So we go to... Uh, Jadis. Jadis. No. Yeah, Jadis. Jadis' section. section. And we get Rick and Michonne have, have scrambled up on top of the, the trash heap, and they find Jadis sitting there in her nightie. Which, okay, cause, because when, when Simon shows up, She's wearing her, like, weird black art installation clothes. Yeah. Uh, so after all of her people were murdered in front of her, she decided the best thing to do would be to go and change clothes. And... So there are a number of problems here. Right. First of all, why did Simon leave her alive? What benefit is that? Okay. Uh, Simon's... I don't understand why that happened at all. But anyway... Because we kept her alive so that she can change into her nightie. Mm-hmm. We have never seen where the the scavengers actually live. Right. And so we don't know what's behind the door, other doors. Mm-hmm. We don't know, you know where's their bedrooms. Yeah. Where do they where do they eat? Right. All these things. We don't see any of this. We do see her in her nightie. Which again, I okay. So all right, digress, digression, digression yes. for a second. Sure. Uh, tonight, me and the kids and Molly went and saw. Uh, Black Panther. Right. Excellent well, film, by the oh, way. Guys, I haven't seen it. So good. Really should see it. Um, there's a moment, like, there's this big battle going on. Mm-hmm. And two of the characters go and gather up some weapons to fight in this battle. Mm-hmm. And so they... Well, okay, so it's it's Black Panther's love interest played by Nipita Nyong'o and his little sister who's played by someone else whose name I can't remember at the time. At the second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get their weapons, and then they run off to join the battle, but in between getting their weapons and joining the battle, both of them change clothes, redo their hair, and get <laughs> new makeup. Like, okay, the battle is legitimately going on. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I turned to Molly and was like, they took time. That girl, with all that weave in her hair, took time to stop and rebraid it and put it in a little thing and then draw little dots all over her face. But it's it's Wakandan super science. Right. It's hand wavy. Right. But that's how, that's one of those moments, like, because that movie, that movie has you. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a couple, there's a moment, like, when they're all on the cliff face, and you're just like, oh, that's the greeniest green screen I've ever green screened before. <laughs> but those moments are so few and far between. It's in Black Panther, beautiful. it's a nearly seamlessly perfect storytelling. But that's one of those moments that just pops me out. I was like, yeah. oh, there's, a, there's an obvious design, costume design, and costume production decision that was made. Right. That now we I am seeing on screen, right? And it just pops you out, and that's how I feel about Jada's. Oh, they thought that it would look she would look so much cooler doing the rest of the things that she does in her white nighty and barefoot and barefoot in her white dress than she would have if she were in her normal clothes. Yeah. So she she had to go and take a moment to change, and she's sitting up on top of this thing, and she looks at Rick. 
and she's like, I didn't want it to be this way. And we're like, oh, yeah, she can speak like a human being. (laughs) It is an affectation. Right. It is this chosen dialogue thing she does. Right. And she talks about how this junkyard was a, didn't used to look like this. Mm-hmm. When she was, before the, the, the outbreak, she used to come here and it was, the trash spread out everywhere. Mm-hmm. And she would come here and she would get supplies. She, she'd get... For art. Yeah, She's an she, artist. And then when it was done, she, when, when the, when the outbreak hit and the zombies started roaming the earth, she sat there and went, we can make something of this. We can make mm-hmm. it into a, a place of our own. And it doesn't exactly explain the scavengers. There's a whole lot of questions still about this entire thing. Yes. Hard to answer now. They're all dead. But Right. But it kind of explains. They were trying to... Basically, she wanted to restart society. But a society that that these people were going to shape in their own way. So the the way they were talking was a conscious choice where they decided they were going to talk like this. Mm -hmm. And they were going to dress like this and do these things. and, And... Although you never really got a sense that the rest of them were artists, eh. it was again. There's so much about the scavenger society that just is left that we never get to. Do. Yeah. So anyway, uh, she explains. She's explaining this to Rick, and he's like, "I don't care." Yeah. Uh, and finally, he's like, "You know what? I'm tired of you. I'm tired of your games. I'm tired of all your shit. I'm out of here." And he starts, like, fashioning things to leave, to, like, break out, get past these zombies. And she grabs a chair, and she's like, I can come, can I come with you? Like, I will fight my way out with you. And he's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have had enough of your nonsense. Um, and you're sitting up here on top of this, this, this ridge, and I looked over at you, and I went, that can't be the only way out. Yeah. They're on a pile of garbage. Climb down the other side. Right. And, no, they got to go back down into the thing yeah. and out the door. And that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But, again, it's another it's, example of The Walking Dead not knowing where things are in the world. Well, and they had a very specific reason for doing it. They needed for... Because, ultimately, Jadis tries to go with them. Right. And Rick shoots the gun at her over her head... To scare her away from coming, and then she has to. Then the walkers get in between them, and she has to go another direction. Basically, it's there again. It's they wanted to make it clear that they did not want Jadis to come. Right, and okay, but it's so many things. It's one more thing, and then doesn't make sense category. Mm-hmm. So then, left on her own, she. Draws the zombies to her, makes mm-hmm. a noise, and draws them down a path. And she takes them to an industrial grinder. Right. And she stands on the other side of it. And just, they all drop walk, into walk the grinder. right into it. She watches all of her friends get fed into this grinder. And I was halfway convinced that she would be the last one in. I thought that might be what was going to happen, too. I mean, the way the, 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 what they... To give... To give them credit, right here. Um, what is the actress's name who plays who her? Who cares? It doesn't matter. She, I think she, her facial expressions in that scene were really good. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed for a character who I do not care for. Right. Her performance with no dialogue in that whole bit while she's leading them to their to their to their paced future 
That's really gross, by the way. That was real gross. Uh, but she's also, the look on her face, the way she's playing it, her body language, all that stuff was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I actually was, you know, not really uh, annoyed beyond belief with yeah. the character. Pollyanna McIntosh. Okay. So, yeah. And she was on the, um, the like, 200 episode. Ep- the, the big thing that they did mm-hmm. for the like 100th or 200th episode or whatever, whatever episode we're on now. Yeah. She was there, so they're probably going to keep her around because she doesn't jump into the meat grinder after all of her friends. She goes, and I will give them this, like she is sitting there waiting, and it shows her feet, and the makeup, the gore makeup on her feet is real good. Like it oh, yeah. looks real, like she's been bumping her toes on shit and stuff. Um, so she goes to this place where she's got a little stash of food. Mm-hmm. She opens a can of applesauce and she eats some of it. Because mm-hmm. so she has some sort of willingness to survive. And that's the end of her section. And maybe, maybe if they ditch the whole, I'm going to be weird for weird sake. Or I've created this thing, this persona thing. Yeah. Um, because she's a fine actress. Just the character is really, really irritating. Yeah. So that's where we leave her. And then we end up with Rick's story. Right. And they're driving along. And... And he's justifying. He's like, I shot over her head. I didn't mm-hmm. want to hit her. I didn't want to kill her. Um, and and uh, what does Michonne say that makes him like have to stop? Oh, she says, but that is kind of what... Carl was talking yeah. about. Yeah, oh, right. We have to help. Yeah, we have to... And he's like, know. ah, and he pulls over. Mm-hmm. And... He takes all the letters with him. And I told... I turned to Tim and I said, I, I have a feeling I'm about to hate this. And I said, you are right. I am very <laughs> concerned about this scene. But we only see his note and, and Negan's note. So it looked like he took all of them with them. Yeah. But apparently, at least from what we saw, he only had the two notes. Right. So he reads Negan's note. We don't get to see what the note says. Or we don't get a voiceover from Carl. I was half expecting mm-hmm. a voiceover. But then he takes the walkie-talkie and he calls. He goes, get me Negan. Who is this? And it was Rick. Rick. Yeah. Rick Grimes. And so Rick gets on. He starts off with this all with his... Negan starts with this bluster, like, Oh, word of bird. And, uh, Where are you, Rick? Let's go. How are things going? It's like, Carl's dead. And Negan's like, what? Yeah. And here... <clears throat> For about, I don't know, two minutes, Negan gets it right. It takes him back. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm sorry. Right. You know, how did he die? And Rick's like, what? And he goes, how did he die? Did we kill him? Yeah. You know, was it the grenades? Was it the smoke? Did we do this? Mm-hmm. And Rick's like, no. He died helping somebody. Somebody needed help. He went out. He got bit. Mm-hmm. But he went out to help someone. And Negan's like, oh, I'm sorry really sorry mm-hmm. and he's like i had plans for that kid he was going to be part of you know that kid is the future mm-hmm. and rick's got this look on his face which is like half disbelief and half well yes yes he was <laughs> congratulations and glad you figured that out yeah. You're, and, and there here's where negan gets it wrong mm-hmm because Rick says he wrote a note, and the note said, he asked you to stop this. Mm-hmm. He asked me to stop this. 
he asked you know us to just stop killing each other right and try and figure out some sort of peace and well rick starts it because he says that but that's not going to happen the the only way this ends is if you die right i'm going to kill you yeah and then negan negan doesn't talk rick down no negan basically says oh is this a fire let me go get the fuel. And then he says, "Well, you're the one who killed Carl. You because you wouldn't. You started this. You started this whole thing, which is true. You know, like we, I remember way, way back when the way they first showed up at the satellite mm-hmm. thing. It's like, are they going to do any kind of a recon of this? Are they going to check any of this out at all before they just, you know? Oh no, it was it was pure arrogance at that point. Mm-hmm. We could destroy any threat." And we are, and, and we talked about this at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is bad plan, and it blew up in their face. But for all that, you know, Negan is is like bouncing back between. I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel really bad about Carl for a while. It's mm-hmm. going to stick with me. But this is your fault. Right. You're a terrible father. You're a terrible leader. Mm-hmm. You know, you're. This is. This is how it's going to end for you. Yeah. And it's just... And the camera keeps pulling back. Mm-hmm. And so you see Rick further and further away. Right. As he's in the middle of this field, pacing back and forth. But he, this is how Negan is not going to talk Rick into a into a let's not fight mm-hmm. anymore, except, except the world that I have. Well, I don't think that Rick was going to... No. Rick read this note to Negan and got mad mm-hmm. and was like, instead of saying, you know, that's, it goes back to him taking the gun. He, for a second thought about Carl's wishes and I'm going to leave, Carl doesn't want this war, he doesn't want to fight anymore, just fight another way. And he thought about leaving the gun and then he couldn't do it. He couldn't leave the gun. Well, I think there's, I think... I think the problem here for Rick and for Negan is that they're not... One of them has to win. Right. There's no way for the... And and neither one of them is willing to surrender. Mm-hmm. And they both have valid reasons to themselves to not surrender. Right. I mean, Rick has already lost too many people to Negan. And mm-hmm. there is nothing in Rick's mind that is going to wipe the death of... You know, people that he loved mm-hmm. uh, dying in front of him, you know, beaten to death with a baseball bat. Right. They have, nothing is going to wipe that away. And no matter what, you know, how, how much Rick is responsible for the satellite station um, and those people dying. Because, yes, they murder a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Our heroes have a lot of blood on their hands. But, you know, this is... This is not a thing that's going to... These two guys can't do that. So as much as... as much, The only really way to get Carl's vision is to win the war and not kill the prisoners. Right. To sit there and go, we're done. It's over. Let's work together now. Right. And Which actually is how a lot of wars end. Yeah. Where, you know, the one side wins and they say, okay, now we won. And, okay, let's, let's open the businesses tomorrow and get back to work. Right. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't always work that way, obviously. But that sometimes that's how. That's in the best possible situation. That's what happens. Yeah. You know, you reconstruct things. You reconstruct Germany and Austria and Russia and all these different places. You rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, during you know post World War Two and 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 you 
make it better. And that's kind of what the best you can hope for here. And honestly, I don't think that, that Carl was so idealistic and naive to think that, because we haven't seen the notes. Right. We've heard, we've heard Rick say something. We haven't seen what the notes actually say. I wonder, I'm wondering if you can help me. Because when I saw these notes, a, a, a scene from a, it's either a movie or a TV show, and I, I feel like it's British, popped into my brain. Okay. And it's a female character dies. And it's two men who were both in love with her. I think one was her boyfriend and one was her husband. Like her old boyfriend and one was her new husband okay. or something. And she wrote these letters to them, or she wrote this letter, and one of them is to, or the the, the letter she wrote was to the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so he reads it. I feel like it was David Tennant, but I might be just like I might be pushing Doctor Who into something that does not have Doctor Who in it. Um. So, tell me. So anyway, so he gets this note from this woman who is now dead, mm-hmm. and he reads it. And her husband is standing behind her, or behind him, and says, is that from her? And he says, yes. And then uh, the husband says, well, what did it say? What does it say? Or can I read it? Can I read it? And, And the guy reading the note, which I think is David Tennant, rips it into pieces. Hmm. Does that sound like a familiar thing to you? It doesn't, but it sounds interesting. And I can't tell you anything else about it. It just popped into my brain when I saw all these notes. And I just had that feeling of, you know, these some of these notes are not going to get delivered. And the Negan note is one of those, like, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? I don't know what's happening. Life well, is hard, Tim. You know what? I honestly think that you could have... You could have him read the note, mm-hmm. but he gets the note after he's lost. Right. And the note basically was, so assuming you survive, my father's, you know, the, the reign of hell my father's going to lay down upon you now. Mm-hmm. I hope that you will as a prisoner. Right. <laughs> Take this time to reassess yeah. your life and become a useful member of society. <laughs> Probably not. But, I mean, it's, the problem with this episode is that it is it's it's a it's another filler fillerson episode in my opinion it, it, there's a lot of filler here and there's a lot of there's a lot of attempt to clean up some like like okay with the scavengers you're kind of cleaning up a characters you really don't know what to do with yeah they didn't need them and they didn't they've never needed them but now they right. have them they have to deal with them and the only interesting character out of a lot of them is still alive. Right. And even she's annoying as hell. Um, you know, and the fact that she's now not speaking in her, her artificial, you know, mm-hmm. thing, uh, patois. Right. Um, is, I've got to use the fancy words, uh, you know, is great, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, we've now gotten rid of all these extraneous characters who right. existed for reasons. I mean, you know, we, we've only established that these are apparently a bunch of artists who turned into super warriors because one of them took out Michonne, mm-hmm. basically. And that's not right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's yeah. not right. <laughs> that absolutely should not have happened. Like, you know. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, they clean, it's, it's like a house cleaning episode. 
you know, yes, the, the scene between um, uh, Simon and Negan was really interesting because it yeah. could, you know, define these two characters in a way that going forward, we, you know, this is, this is important dynamics for what's yeah. coming. But it could have been part of something else. You know, Rick and Michonne, there's a lot more that we could have gotten. I mean, I don't, I don't need a whole episode of them grieving for Carl. There's a war on yeah. But at the same time, we could have given them more time than they got tonight right. to grieve and and to deal with. I mean, you could have had the the silent, almost silent sequences at the beginning of the episode where they're moving through town were really strong mm-hmm. and beautifully shot. And the, again, performances, the, just the body language and facial expressions from the actors were, were really you know very powerful stuff. Right. So, but did we need to? Did we need five minutes of, of Aaron and Eden? Was that necessary? Well, I mean, eventually. Sure. Eventually we did. And I think that's, you know, like you said, this is probably more not so much Filler McFillerson as, as a housekeeping episode. Yeah. We need to clean up some of the messes that this the first part of the season made. Uh, so here's how we're going to do it. We're going to just ram through five or six little dumb stories and... And be done, right? Because I mean, we're not going to be, we're not going to have an episode that basically has you know Rick going, "I give up." Yeah, uh, well, especially not now. No, and because because that wouldn't be true to the character, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be true to the character that Carl saw, and it wouldn't be true to the character that that Carl wanted Rick to be, and mm-hmm. when Rick wants to be, because Rick ultimately, for all of his back and forth nonsense that he often does, is ultimately trying to do the right thing, right. And I feel like we've got enough characters now on the that are expressing the we can't this war if we're gonna win it has to be we have to make some sort of uh, future uh, to you know kind of give us an idea of how the war is gonna ultimately end. Yeah, well, you're gonna have, and I don't know, maybe maybe we find because we do know our characters are kind of like locusts uh, or Lex, you know. Pick, mm-hmm. pick a Walking Dead show. The, the Lex analogy of yours holds up pretty right. well. But even if we reach the point where we get to the end of the war and there are people that it's like, okay, you know, Rick, Michonne, mm-hmm. you guys aren't part of this world that you've created because we all right. want to make peace and you guys don't, or whatever it is, and they go off and have new adventures somewhere else and we leave Alexandria behind, which would be a dumb decision. Don't do it, writers, but whatever. Um at least there's enough people, you're right, there are enough people who are willing to willing to look beyond the end of the war. Mm-hmm. What happens next? Right. So. Well, I wonder, you know, because we know that um, uh, Maggie has a pilot on ABC. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting little bit, a little something. We have to look forward to. Are they going to kill off Maggie? Are they going to? Are they going to? You know, how are they going to do? What's what's the situation going to be? Well, they can work yeah, out. Maybe their contract thing worked out where they can actually have her do both. Mm-hmm. But you know, hopefully not. She's a character that we've had for second since the second season, and and she's a really great growth character. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else who, who we've come to really really care about in. A really, you know, for a show that that has only given us real character growth uh, sporadically, 
you know, she's another character like Carol, who mm-hmm. she's turned out really well and the act, you know, fine actress. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, hopefully we'll keep her. So next week it looks like uh, we're back with Maggie. And yes. Maggie's like, I'm going to kill you all. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, again, housekeeping, but still not a bad episode. I mean, there, right. was, there was some good performances. True. Uh, so worthwhile. So, uh, sec, you know, second half of the season, not not uh, not doing too bad so far. Yeah. So we'll take it. All right, so we'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse now and more The Walking Dead. Um, obviously, you can find us on iTunes and podcast.com. Mm-hmm. We may do a little bit of moving around. Our, we may have a different podcasts.com account. Coming up because for those of you who don't know, um, our original hosting body, SciFiForMe.com, is basically going to transition away, and we are as of tonight, uh, we are on our own. We yeah. are our very own lost in the void, Tim and Dustin yes. podcast with no visible support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly, if SciFiForMe.com is still around, we are still affiliated with SciFiForMe.com. Yes. Um, we encourage you to take advantage of the site and the stuff that's posted on our other podcasts and, and YouTube channel and all that stuff while they're still there. Because we have some really fantastic people that we've worked with there. Mm-hmm. And we're very, you know, we're, we're sad that, that the sci-fi for me.com experience is coming to an end. Uh, but we are happy to continue Zompocalypse now. So um, please share the podcast. Help us grow our, our audience. You know, find us on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Dustin and I will do better at posting things to Twitter. Mm-hmm. We may we may have to build this apocalypse now Twitter again. Yeah, a little hard. Yeah, we'll think about it. Anyway, so thank you guys for listening again, and we will see you next week. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Apocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin A. Dare and Timothy Hart. All rights reserved.